I see myself working in a, you know, whatever, a corporate or a company probably for another 10 years. And in my mind, I, I went into the search initially thinking it was going to be one more thing for 10 years. And now I realize that may not be what happens. You know, it might be one thing for three years and then something else. And I'm not going to think in such, to your point earlier, a linear fashion about what has to be next. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, and I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host. Today, I'm talking to my friend Deborah Schwartzfarb, a highly skilled HR executive. That's a, an odd way to introduce a friend, right? Um, anyway, Deborah, the reason why is that Deborah and I have never met in real life. We met this year online in a daily Zoom call called Remote Daily. Uh, it's an interactive talk show that's hard to describe. We often call it the Zoom call that doesn't suck. Uh, and uh, some of you who've been listening have probably heard me talk about it before anyway. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is because after getting to know Deb in this group, I realized she had walked away from a position that she'd held for nine years because she realized it wasn't the best ultimate match for her skills. She separated from that job expecting a normal job search. And then the COVID shutdown happened, changing everything. Deb stepped into her job search with such a great attitude that I really felt like it would be helpful for anybody else who may have lost a job this year to hear kind of how she's staying above the fray and keeping herself busy and engaged while she looks for a job. So uh, we'll take it from here. Let's go. Thank you so much for being with me, Deborah. Oh, it's great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking me. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I remember, well, so so for those of you listening, I met Deborah through Remote Daily, which I think people have heard me mention before if you've ever listened to the podcast. It's an awesome uh, interactive talk show thing that's really hard to describe, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will put a link in the show notes for people if anybody wants to go check that out. And um I guess what struck me one day after we'd been in, you know, on this Zoom call almost daily for all this time was you like kind of talking about your career shift. And I kind of got excited about talking to you about that. So <laughs> thank you. It's still shifting. It's <laughs> still shifting. Well, that, you know, that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. I think for, I don't think there's. I think often what it is, is that we all think, okay, there's like this linear path, right? And it really never is that, is it? No, it, it, it isn't. And not it, no matter where you are in your career, I think you'd think something's going to happen and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And you just sort of have to go with it. I mean, you can only do what you can do. So um, you just got to go for the ride, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So let's go ahead and start with like kind of your your background and uh, what brought you to your here and now and and then maybe where you're heading from here. let's uh, let's kind of dive in. Okay. So a very you know big picture is I was in have been in human resources or related to human resources um, jobs my entire career. So I spent twenty years. Um, at Toys R Us, 
uh, doing, uh, yes, back cool. in the day. I, I did not know that. I didn't look that up. Wow, yeah. cool. Yeah, so I worked um, in human resources most of that time. I started out in the stores where you had to kind of start uh, learning the business and then, you know, worked into human resources. And I stayed in three of their divisions. I worked in their corporate office and for 20 years. And then when they went private, um, you know, I decided to make a change. I mean, it had been a long time. So I ended up next at um, The Gap. Um, and then after also in human resources and then went to Macy's. So my experience is um, all in consumer retail brands up until my most recent role. Um, and while I was at Macy's, I got a call um, from a guy that I knew who owned a recruiting business uh, did, doing executive search. And um, we got to talking and it was not anything I'd ever considered doing. Um, but you know, he was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur, and um, we got to talking and he was building his business. It was during the recession and I knew Macy's wasn't going to be my final stop. So I, uh, I decided to join his firm and I was there uh, until March of this year, uh, almost nine years. Wow. So a long time. Yep. yep. Yeah, a long so, time. In fact, I think the last time we talked, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't even realize that you had such a background in retail. I kind of, I think the the impression I was la left with the last week, time we spoke was that it was um, that it was primarily recruiting for you. But I guess it's because it was such a long, a long time with that, right? It it was. It was a long time, and um, I enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a different kind of industry, um, but the one piece of it that. I never liked and I knew from the beginning was the business development side of it The you know, going out and, and getting business. It's just not what I like to do. And, you know, when I joined there, that was okay. But, you know, the business evolved and changed and it, it was re requiring more of that. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I left uh, at the end of February, you know, beginning of March and expecting, you know, that I would have oh. a typical job search and then walked right, right into oh. Uh, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 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 So, so this like takes a whole new thing. What, so you, your, your whole background has been HR. What has been, what would you say is like been the most fulfilling part of that for you? What, what, what part of that overall scope is, mm -hmm. is the thing that, that like kept you going all these years? I think for me, I love to assess people and understand people. I have, um, I have a pretty high EQ. I think people tell me that I feel that about myself. I really understand people and where they're coming from. I'm a pretty good listener as well. And so it was, it's listening and understanding where do people fit in an organization? Are they, you know, where can, where do they belong? Assessing people to bring into an organization or to make moves. I think that's probably my sweet spot of really understanding how things fit together and where people fit into that. And that's why when I went into executive search, it's it's a different industry, but you're really doing the same thing. You're quickly learning a company culture, that's the client, and then trying to find the best match for that role. And that's what made it really exciting for me is not just a fill a job, but to find a really great person who is going to not only be a great fit, but succeed beyond that. And that's, and that's what ended up happening. So yeah. it, the two tie together, it's just a little bit of a different take on it. Yeah. It sounds like, um, matchmaking, right? Like, 
<laughs> in some ways it is, you know, and, and as a recruiter, you're sort of doing the speed dating part of it, right? Where you're, you're right. meeting a lot of people and then you're picking out the ones you think are good. The client's going to like the best. So, yeah. Oh, wow. What was it like for you when you, when you made the change from retail to executive recruiting? What was that like? Well, it, the, the firm that I worked for uh, was in the consumer space. So we did retail, wholesale, direct-to-consumer businesses. So that part wasn't as different uh -huh. because it was the same industry. I think the biggest change for me was going from these, I was working for Fortune 500, these huge corporate companies and going into a company that I think when I joined at the time, maybe was 12 people. And when I left oh, yeah. was, I think, 30. So a tiny company, that was probably the bigger change for me was could I do that you know would I be happy in such a small company yeah and it seems like you were you were there for a long time yeah I loved it the people were great the one thing I learned you know different than corporate because it's not a corporate environment is there are no secrets in a small company like that like you can't <laughs> everybody knows everything and people just you, you can't there's, there's no rules. There's not a lot of policies. You just have to go with it, you know? And that, that was probably the biggest learning is like, this is happening and everyone's going to know. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. You know, that reminds me in some ways of some of the things that we've talked about in remote daily, um, in that, in that here we are. And, um, even if you are still working for a corporation, all of a sudden, because we're doing so much over Zoom, we're letting people into our homes and and it blurs that line, right? Between business and personal. Yeah, yes, it, it's it's interesting. Yes, and that that's a good analogy, I think, because being in such a small company is very intimate in that way, almost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it does require you to have different skills in some ways to be able to sort of maneuver around and sort of mind your own business when you can hear everything that's going on because it's such a small space right. and and giving people the privacy they need and it's the same thing like you say like you're coming into my house here um and what you know what are you thinking about it and and how do you sort of manage that it, it is it's a similar kind of thing in a small company or at least in the one i was in yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. 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 So my gosh. So then you're like, okay, I'm ready to move on. I'm going to go do this job search and shabam COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. What's uh, what has that been like for you? Well, one of the things that I had done before I left there, cause I left in a very, it was amicable and I understood it made sense. We agreed. It wasn't, you know, things had changed and I, I understood it. And so one of the things that I had done was ask for some outplacement so I could have some help with my search, which is executive outplacement where you go and they give you some, you know, guidelines on job search. And even though I came out of search, when you're doing your own search, it's helpful to have somebody to really help you. And so the other reason I wanted it is because they would have given me a place to go. So they had office space where you could like hotel, you know, hoteling office space where you could go every day and have a place to sit and use your computer and feel mm -hmm. like you were getting out of your house. And I'm like, living in a New York apartment, you know, who wants to do a job search from their house if you could avoid it. So that was part of it. So two weeks in, uh. Everything shut down and I was back in my apartment. So on the good side, everybody was 
in their house. So I did not feel isolated the way I think I was going to feel had I not had outplacement to go to. I never felt that way because everybody was home. Um, So that, that part was fine. It's just, you know, what I, what I'm finding is that a lot of places, um, you know, people got furloughed. Um, Some companies have just stopped recruiting for a while as they figure out kind of what's going on. And the other thing is that when I started the search, unemployment was so low that I knew it would take me a long time. I mean, I have a lot of experience. It's not jobs at my level aren't, don't come that easily. And I'm going back in-house, which is kind of switching industries again. Mm -hmm. And what I, I find is that, you know, people who are hiring now or what have been, who would have been my clients in search, they can get exactly what they want. So they can have all these criteria and find people that match that criteria exactly. Whereas when unemployment's really low, they have to be a little more open and creative. And I'm finding that my background doesn't necessarily exactly fit into every box. So it's just Mm -hmm. taking me a little bit longer to network. And, you know, it's not just me. I mean, I belong to some networking groups and, you know, some people are landing and, you know, there's a bunch of people who are still, you know, working at it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a challenge, but I've met so many great people um, networking that I'm feeling good that, you know, beginning of next year, I think companies are going to start to hopefully make some, make some moves. Yeah. And uh, you know what I love about what you've been doing during this time uh, is besides the networking, um, like with remote daily, uh, is you kind of stepping up with remote daily to help them in their hiring processes, they are growing and, and changing and their model and, and needing new people. And, and just to see you step up and, um, and get so actively involved in helping them. I mean, that, that's a huge thing to keep yourself busy in that way. And to be able to speak to what you've been doing during this time, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. I, you know, one of the decisions that I made consciously when, when, especially when COVID hit and I knew that I knew it was just going to elongate this process in some ways for me. I mean, you never know, but I I had that sense. And I thought, you know what, I have to stay current and I have to make sure that I'm staying connected to people. I know what's going on. So one of the things that I do is first of all, I have a regular schedule where I start X time in the morning, get into my work or, you know, the work of, of finding work. And I, I'm very, you know, religious about that. You know, I I exercise in the morning, and then I get straight to it. And I try to do some sort of educational thing every day, whether it's a webinar or some sort of online presentation. And that turned out to be in some cases, remote daily, which Mm -hmm. was just somebody in my networking group introduced me to it, um, Chris. And then I started coming on and I thought, you know what, if I can stay active and help out with remote daily, at least that will get me engaged. And like you said, meet people like you or meet, you know, other people that I never would have met any other way. So thank you for that. And I I would encourage anybody who's in this process to look for other outlets to um, keep themselves busy and engaged, because that will also help you to network and meet people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be, I mean, not only have you helped them, you know, hire a new producer at Remote Daily, but you also 
um, have been so key in bringing on guests or suggesting good guests for them to have on. And, uh, you know, Jade, I love the Jade is amazing. She's yeah. so good. Tell us a little bit about Jade so that people know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. So Jade, so one of the things that I wanted to do was help to bring some guests on. And, um, I was thinking about some women that I knew who were entrepreneurs who had to sort of pivot their own businesses during COVID and thought maybe this remote daily could give them some airtime and some, you know, help with their businesses. So Jade is my yoga teacher. Um, when I was working out at a gym and she actually was a spin teacher and then she got her yoga certification and she encouraged me to try yoga. And I am, I'm not that flexible, but it was her. She's so lovely. I know you've, you've, been with her and you know what what I mean like she's so nice and not judgmental at all and so I started doing yoga with her at the gym and then when COVID came she pivoted to Zoom so I've been doing yoga with her and then when Remote Daily came on and I was thinking about guests I'm like oh she would be a perfect guest somebody who's pivoted and I you know I had no realization or expectation that anything else would happen and she came on as a guest and then when um Brett left, I guess Felix, and she had to hit it off and had a good conversation. So now she's there doing, she's part of their team. And I love that, yeah. uh, doing breathing exercises for everybody. And and then she brought her sister, which is great as well. Yeah, so the whole thing has just been incredible. And, and you also um, brought on Kimberly Minor. Um, yeah. who it's funny, I mean, just full circle here. I mean, I had her, I ended up having her on as a guest because I'm there yeah. in remote daily. And I was just so impressed with who she is and how she f- moves through the world. And, and then now you guys are partnering up. It is, a, it is. It's a small world. Kimberly uh, was a placement of mine. I placed her in 2014 in a job and we stayed friends um, and we stayed in touch. And she reached out when she was starting her kind of her own pivot a couple of years ago. And she's like, Oh, I'm thinking of doing this. And we had some conversations, just one of my opinion. And um, we stayed in touch. And then when I left uh, my company, um, we were in touch again. And as we I saw her doing more work on the diversity and equity and inclusion space. And I love that myself and have worked, you know, had done a lot of work placing people um, diverse, you know, using diversity in my practice. I also Prior, when I was in companies, did a lot of diversity training. I'm just very much passionate about the subject. So she and I decided that we would try doing this series of um, kind of conversations on LinkedIn. She has a lot of practice because she's been doing a lot, I'm sure you know, on Facebook and other places. Uh, I did not have any practice, so I'm sort of learning on the on the go, but I'm uh, just going to tell you, you are a total natural. I, I, the minute I saw that you guys were partnering up and I watched your first video and I was like, oh, Deborah, oh my gosh. This is so seriously, like the, if you guys get a chance on LinkedIn, I think it's called get paid, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you look up Deborah Schwartz Parb, excuse me, I just got all blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Kimberly Miner. my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah. Um, and look up there, you know, go through and see if you can find those. Is there any other way for people to find those videos or? Um, that's probably the best way just to look us up on LinkedIn. We have all of them posted on LinkedIn uh, under posts. Uh, and yeah. we do we do them every Thursday live uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern time. 
Um, and we sort of go back and forth, but we're also thinking now we're going to bring on some guests um, who awesome. have, you know, have their own experiences within the space. So we're trying to sort of expand our reach, but I appreciate you listening and um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're liking it. I do. I always get something out of it. I, I particularly liked your two-parter on ageism because just because that's the zone I'm in. Um, but I, <laughs> I feel like you guys really um, have some good cogent uh, thoughts and, 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 and advice around the topics that you cover. So besides ageism, what are some mm-hmm. of the other topics that you guys have talked about so far? Um, so one of the things we talked about was how, how to recruit diverse candidates into companies, particularly if there's not very many people of color or people, diverse people within the company yet, and they're trying to recruit people in and how do you do that? And, and what should a person, what are the kinds of things, um, so that, that was one. Then we did one um, last week around culture checking. How do you check out a culture before you make a decision to join a company? So what are some ways for anybody to kind of do their research, um, get some sort of references on the side and really what to look for during the interview process in its entirety to see how a company is because people it's, you know how they say like, you can tell how a person's character is by the things they do when you're not, when they're, nobody's looking. Uh Well, companies are the same way. You know, if, if you have a terrible experience, just getting interviews set up and are not treated well Uh by even, you know, the people who are doing the scheduling, that should be a signal that mm, maybe things aren't great. It's not always true, but it's one of the things you have to keep looking for like patterns and make those decisions around what's important to you because, Uh you know, company cultures are just what they just exist. And you have to decide whether the things that are important to that company match with the things that are important to you. So we're doing a second part on culture this week. And that one is about what happens when current events come into the workplace and how that can impact the culture as well. I mean, you know, I mean, now's the time to talk about that. It's not all about politics, but, you know, in the climate that we're in right now, it can get very heated. And if you are somebody who maybe has a different perspective than other people in your company and how, you know, how does that play out and how do leaders respond to, to times like that? Man. And right now, I mean, never more important to talk about something like this because it seems like every time we turn around, there is something new and epic in proportion, you know, epic, the scale of what is happening this year and how polarizing it seems to be for everybody is just really something. So that's a tricky thing to, to navigate at work. It is, it is. And I think it's, and when, for me coming out of a big company and, you know, having so much experience in a big company, it's not something you ever do, right? You never talk, you're not ever supposed to talk about politics. I mean, people do, but especially in HR, you don't. But then when you go to a small company, as I said, the rules are different and, you know, companies have their own cultures in that way and what they think is okay. And especially when they're there are diverse people, whatever that diversity might be, whether it be color or LGBTQ or even age or whatever it is, you have to be mindful of what's going on just because you have an opinion or you think that everybody has the same opinion about something. You know, It's very hard in the workplace to bring those current events in and not create some issues. So 
And it takes a strong leader too, to be able to manage all of the differences that are in their group to begin with. But when the outside starts coming in, you know, what do you do? So it's yeah. hard right oh, now is really hard and yeah. we don't have all the answers. That's the thing. We never think we have all the answers. We just try to give our best thoughts based on our experience. And, you know, I love that That's you say you don't do. have all the answers. I think yeah. so often we all tend to feel like we should have all the answers <laughs> and, <laughs> or pretend that we have all the answers. And I think that uh, it's refreshing to hear that. And it's, I think it's so much more important for us all to be asking the right questions, um, you know, or asking as many questions as possible to, and, and staying open to the idea that maybe we don't have the answers. Uh, and, and also I think with people sometimes ask questions, but they come with a, they come to the questions with a, already have a point of view. Like if you're really mm -hmm. going to ask questions, it's really important, I think, to really ask and be open to the answers that you might not be expecting. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. we all do this. We go in and we'll, we'll ask, but we really think we know. And when, when you hear something that you didn't expect, it's like, wait a minute, you know, I didn't expect that. So I think asking with a truly open mind is probably the best way to go. But, you know, sometimes that just, all of us are including myself, it just of doesn't course. happen. Yeah. We all have that little, little hidden agenda that, oh, I forget what that's called when you, when you, uh, there's a, there's a great term for it when you, when you, you, you're already looking for something, right. Uh, you, so it, it affects so, the outcome of, of the question asked. You, you've already kind of got a supposition that's hidden in the background back there, yes. right? Yes, that is, I don't know the term. I know what you mean though. And that's, yes, that's what I'm talking about. It's just really being like open to whatever comes from the question, you know, whatever answer comes your way, just be open to it. Yeah. So we try. <laughs> I am just so, like, I look at what you're doing and uh, it's it's just seems to me the model of what somebody should do if you're going to use a should mm -hmm. um during a job search you are staying active and you've got a schedule and what have you learned about yourself this year is there's i mean that's a big question <laughs> but um have do you feel like you've had any aha moments about deb this year um a couple i don't know I yeah. So one of the things, which is not a huge aha, was that I was somebody who, you know, always believed I had to work in an office to be productive and to get things done. And I don't believe that anymore. I think that, you know, right now I'm still sort of working off of my counter and my dining room table back and forth. But if I if I were to get a job that could be at least partially remote, I do have a small office here and I would absolutely redo it and make a real office out of it. And I think I could be really productive as, you know, hoping that COVID will, you know, die down at some point so that you could go back outside freely. But mm -hmm. that's one thing I've learned. And the other thing is that, you know, I've, I see myself working in a, you know, whatever, a corporate or a company probably for another 10 years. And in my mind, I, I went into the search initially thinking it was going to be one more thing for 10 years. And now I realize that may not be what happens. You know, it might be one thing for three years and then something else. And I'm not going to think in such, to your point earlier, a linear fashion about what has to be next. Um, I do know that I want to work within a company again. I don't want to consult 
full-time, at least not right now, maybe further down the road. Um, but I, you know, I understand that it could be a shorter stint or two short, shorter stints rather than just one long one. And I'm open to that. And I'm, you know, trying to be as open as I can to whatever opportunities come my way. Cause that's the other thing, you know, people get very, very shut down around somebody talks to them about something and they're already saying no before they even had a conversation about it. And I always tell people until you have a job offer in front of you, keep exploring. And then once you have an offer, if you don't want to take the job or you realize along the way that it's just not right, then you can back out, but don't back out before you ever, (laughs) you ever put a foot in, you know, Uh, and people do that. They get, their, their mind goes all the way till the end. They're like, I don't think I want to work here. I'm like, you haven't even met anyone. <laughs> so, you know, keep your mind open and just, you know, until you have something in front of you to say no to, you know, don't say no. That's such an interesting take on it. I, I really, that's really cool. Yeah. Just keep exploring it. Right. And yeah, that I keeps, mean, it, it, there's something I would imagine that that could do also for your mindset as other opportunities come in your way. Because as they say, it's always easier to get a job when you have a job. And it's, I, I would imagine that that would translate into, so if you think you might have a job offer, you kind of get that same energy that you do, like thinking, okay, there's possibility here. It's like having that, that sense of possibility and that, that might open the door to another possibility somewhere else too, just based on the type of energy that you are bringing to the table. Yes. I think that, that that's true. And I think, you know, for me, one, the other thing I I've thought about a lot is how I do show up and making sure that even though it's been a weird time and it's been a weird time for everyone that I'm not coming to these networking meetings in a way that feels like I'm not, I'm not invested and I'm not engaged because it does make a difference how you show up. Um, And people, you know, make judgments about that. So I, I am very conscious and careful. And I, you know, even though it's been a difficult time, I feel very supported. I have a lot of support. I have friends and family and, I see enough people, even in COVID from far away that um, I don't feel isolated in the search. And it has been challenging, but I also feel like it is positive and there will be a positive result, even if it takes longer. But to your point, when you do have things going on, it does build on itself. Like it Mm -hmm. does make you feel like, okay. And that does come through. And, and when I talk about, you know, not saying no to you'll have an offer, listen, there's going to be times where you get into a situation and you're interviewing and you realize, you know, this is definitely not right for me. And at that point, you should back out. Yeah. But if you're not sure, you should explore as long as you possibly can. And don't just dismiss something out of hand. Like I know people who won't take an interview at all. And it's like, take the interview at the very least, you'll get the practice interviewing, even if you ultimately you know, decide to, to back away. So I just encourage people to explore as much as they feel comfortable exploring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, just again, kind of going back to everything you've been doing and you said, you're not feeling isolated. I think that is purely because you've been consistently putting it out there. 
you have you have created a, a, a sort of system or a little ecosystem for yourself where you have structure, you have connections on a regular basis, you have something to do every day, and that is going to translate into keeping your energy up and allowing you to show up with that brighter energy for everything that you do. Because yeah, right. I, I appreciate you saying that. Yes, that's what I've, you know, that's what I've tried to do because I know enough about myself to know that I do like things that are pretty routine. I mean, they don't have to be perfect, but I like to know sort of what I'm doing for the day. And by keeping that up, um, it's been very, like, treating the week almost like a work week with a little bit of give at the end of the day, you know, because there's only so much time you can spend with your head in a computer trying to find a job um, or even networking, but pretty much treating it like a work day and then treating the weekends like a weekend um, has really, yes, it's kept me in a good, in a good place. Yeah. And it sounds like you're also um, doing self-care the exercise and it's uh, you take walks on a regular basis. Right. And I do. Yeah. Yes. And I just bought a Peloton bike. Um, so that's coming next month because I realized that I started, I walked five miles in the morning, every morning I got out around six, five miles, mm-hmm. man, that's I know. Fantastic. but that's when I listen to my podcast. So I, you know, yeah. listen to you and listen to the daily and sometimes to Bravo it depends on my mood. Uh-huh. Um, but as I realized that I started doing it at the end of March when COVID happened and the gym closed and realizing that I had not done it in the winter yet. And I thought, you know what, there, I do have my limits as to how cold I can be out there, like how cold it is. Cause once you bundle up too much, it's hard to walk. So <laughs> that's why I decided to, I bit the bullet and got the bike. So I'll have something I'm picturing, to do. Do you ever see a, what was it? Christmas story? And she bundles up the kid and he's like, <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> like a little starfish. I just have yeah, that, that. I'm somebody who's like hats, scarves, gloves. I'm like always ready for winter, but it's not that easy to walk and it is a long walk. So I'll have the bike in the winter and hopefully if we get lucky and um, I mean, this year has been nothing but unlucky, but if we have a mild winter again, then I'll still be able to get out there, I think for a good part of the time. But uh, yeah, I love to exercise and I encourage that too, because I've always been somebody who's exercised for since I was probably 25. I never played sports. I'm not really that coordinated, but I've always exercised probably, yeah, since I was about 25. So a long time. And it, it has in a lot of ways, like saved me that walk every day, sort of really and moving my body and being outside and coming back and then being able to focus has made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And then the, the yoga that I do uh, with Jade, um, and I do another yoga with my best friend has a, um, a yoga studio. She lives in South Carolina. So we'll do yoga sometimes together oh, on nice. Zoom through Very her studio. Cool. So, yeah. So I've been trying to, um, to keep that up, but I agree with you. I think you have to take care of the whole part, the whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it can, it can wear on you, especially during this time you know, yeah. when you're still sort of in lockdown. Yeah. I've been looking back on, I, I finally have gotten to the point where, I mean, probably this morning accepted, I did not exercise this morning. And remember when we got on, I told you I was feeling tired. I'm now thinking to myself, oh, well, you didn't get up and do your usual. I started a morning routine probably about 
two and a half, three years ago, um, where I would get up before the kids and uh, meditate and exercise either a nice long walk like you're talking about or yoga, which has completely saved me um, during this whole time. And there is something about like in my 40s, well, my kids were younger, first of all, and it was just like a constant struggle to keep balance. You know, there, there was a lot, it seemed like there was a lot more unexpected interruptions in my day with younger kids. And now as mm-hmm. they've gotten older, it's easier to kind of settle into a routine. Um, but in my forties, I was very sporadic with exercise. I'd be like, maybe three days a week, maybe, you know, and man, doing it every day is a total game changer. Mm-hmm. I feel better now than I've felt in 10 years, at least. Wow. I know it's, it's great. It's like, even though on the days, like I wake up a few weeks ago, it rained like four days in a row. Right. Four more, and when it rains, I don't go. Uh I mean, I know people that still do, but that's sort of like, if it's really raining out, I don't go. And I, by the third day, I'm like, oh my gosh, like yoga is fine, but it doesn't give me that same sort of the walking or any sort of like I speed walk. So I try to walk as fast as I can. It something about being outside and that adrenaline and, and that it, it just clears your head. Yes. You know, yeah. A good, a good brisk walk there for me, like I'm not a runner, um, no. I generally don't like to sweat, <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. um, but I love walking and, and there is something about being able to get out in that fresh air and, um, you know, just my mind is able to kind of let go of the things that are, you know, niggling, um, or I'm able to come up with ideas. It's, it's just really, a, a great tie in to me for, for thinking and, and yeah. 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 I think it's, I agree. Exercise is very, very important. What do you think you bring to the game now that you didn't, when you were younger, you mean in, in middle age, like if you had, if you had come across this, um, situation 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. how do you think you might've handled it differently? Well, I think, One of the lessons I learned when I left Toys R Us after 20 years, I had asked to leave. Um, The company had gone private. I was there almost 20 years and I needed to make a change. But, you know, so I asked to leave because they were doing the reorganizations and I would have ended up probably staying. But I knew it was time that I wanted to leave with a a package, you know. Mm -hmm. So I ended up um, leaving and it was um, it was more. I would say what I realized was that I had not been networking at all because I'd been at the same company for 20 years. I didn't have any external contacts, not even recruiters. I didn't even know the benefit of it. And I swore to myself at the time because I was conscious enough to realize like, oh my gosh, I don't know anyone, um, to realize that your network and keeping in touch with people is so important. And it's a long game and it's not just in the need. And so I think right. what I know now is it's starting to, I've done that. And especially in my last role where you were talking to people all day long as a recruiter, you were networking as part of your job. But a lot of those relationships, like Kimberly's a good example. I have other people that I placed that I'm still in touch with who have been helping me out, make connections um, for my own job search. So I think what I've learned is the value of 
being open to new connections because sometimes you don't realize where the help's going to come from. And when you're in a job search, one of the lessons that I've kind of learned is that sometimes the people you expect are either going to be wanting to or able to help you. you th you're like, oh, that person will be able to really help me. And they turns out that they either can't or they have other things going on or just they can't and you thought they could. And people who you least expect to be able to be of any help turn out to be an amazing help. And a good example is somebody introduced me to somebody uh, so that I could help her with something at her in her job. She though decided she was leaving that role. And so on a whim, when she emailed me back and said, Hey, I, I'm not going to be here. I'm, I'm leaving. And uh, I said, Hey, would you mind just connecting with me once you leave? And so we connected last week. She's introduced me to four people Wow. And I already have two of those contacts on my calendar for next week. So she's somebody who doesn't even know me. It was wow. just one of those weird, random things. And I happened to say, can we just network? And she was so lovely. So I've learned that don't discount, don't assume that your contacts can help you, that the close ones that you know, that you assume are going to be able to be like slam dunk and don't discount any opportunity to talk to somebody because you just don't know. Right. And, and good on you for asking to make that, to get that conversation. Like that is amazing um, because I think some, sometimes people are afraid to ask to yes. that conversation. Or, or yes. And my younger self probably wouldn't have asked. I probably would have thought I was bothering her, but I did it in a way that said, Hey, you know, would you be willing? And another thing is, there's a woman on remote Dale, you probably noticed Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. um, she comes on and listens. So she's a contact of mine too, that I had made. Um, she, she does search work as well. And we've stayed connected and I had referred her to remote daily and she ended up being a, a daily listener. And um, I was just talking to her this morning and we were catching up and she mentioned by chance, somebody that she knows who works in a company that I want to work. You know, I want to try to target. So ah. she is, you know, so you just never know where the conversations go. And so I would, my younger self would probably have been a lot more reticent um, to really branch out and ask. And my, my current self is probably just more confident and more self-assured because I'm older. Mm -hmm. And I realize like there's ways to ask and you can also give back. You know, I try to give back or give first. You know, I always try to pay it forward anyway um, yeah. and hope that it will come back. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, uh, wow. Mic drop. I don't know if I have anything else. To <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that really is it, right? It's like giving first um, is such a huge, powerful thing. If we forget our power, I think you know, at the power and giving and what that, and what that allows for, um, and, and not, and, and it, to ask, I mean, it, it's like, it's this exchange, right. Of, of giving and taking and not, not feeling like you're, you're, you need to always be, um, receiving. Yes. And yes. using, and, and I love that you said that, you know, that the networking is a long game is so is, um, to, 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 because that takes the pressure off of 
your relationship with that person, because that's what's really important is having that relationship. And if you're suddenly in a, in a place of need and want, and you're looking to everything for what can this do for me, um, that people feel that. Yes. I, I, I believe that. And I think that there's ways, I mean, you can introduce yourself to new people and still ask for what you need, but you have to do it in a way that doesn't put that person on the spot. You know, you have to really say, listen, I'm exploring, would you be willing to network with me? And, and that should be what it's for and let, and let it sort of go from there. And then in other cases, you know, you, you give just to give and, you know, you know, remote daily is a place where I just, really fell in love with it and the format mm-hmm. and just me too decided you know what if i if i have something to give that will make this better then i'm just going to give it and hope that you know the universe will <laughs> right will eventually uh pay back in some way exactly so. and i don't know about you but I, I every time i'm i i go to remote daily because of everything that i get from it as you said like it, you're going there um, not only for the networking, but as part of your ongoing education, like every time I go in and there's some topic that I never expected to be covered in remote daily um, and just fascinating things like having Michelle Thaler on and from um, she's an astrophysicist from NASA yeah. two times with her, you know, both just mind blowing um, and never knowing like, you know having Kosha Dills on last week, uh, you know, having a rapper on and just, it's, uh, it's such a unique experience. And um, yeah. And I think watching Felix, I mean, he's so good at interviewing people and the way he handles the whole show. Mm -hmm. Again, I have a hard time. I don't know what I call it, but his, (laughs) his way of handling it is so great. I learned stuff from just watching him mm-hmm. um, interview and kind of manage the time. And, you know, he manages interesting, tough situations sometimes. And he kind of is so elegant in his handling of it. So just that part is fascinating to me to watch it evolve mm-hmm. um, into what it's become. And I don't know what it is. Like today, I was like, oh my gosh, we don't have it today. Like I was I missing know. it, you know? Me too. Me too. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, we have talked a lot about remote daily. I will definitely put something in the show notes for anybody who is interested. And so just a quick couple of quick little fun questions before we go. Um, What is there a book or a movie or anything that has been um, formative for you that, that when you read it or you saw it, that, that was something that uh, like sets you down a path or a road. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to be honest, my, my reading is pretty um, mystery based. I, I read primarily as an escape. Uh-huh. So I can't, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I did listen to the Michelle Obama um, book on uh-huh. audio. Yes. And, you know, I mean, she's like a hero to me. I love her. Um, but, you know, that was probably as off the mystery track as I've gotten. Really? Um, so, so that's fun actually. So what are who's your, who are some of your favorite authors or series that you follow? Um, I like, uh, Lee Child. Uh, he writes, um, a series of books. 
that are uh, yeah, they have one character of, in them. Yeah, I've heard of Lee Child before, and I'm trying to remember if I've read any. Do you, can you can you come up with a title, or we'll look it up after, and I'll throw. I don't something know. Up. Yeah, I have to have to look it up. Yeah, um, yeah. Because unfortunately, I will say this: this is what I'm going to try to wean myself off of. I have spent the last four years watching a lot of cable news, and prior to 2016, I didn't. I never watched cable news. I didn't know the difference between CNN, MSNBC. I never watched them. And then unfortunately have become addicted. And I was hoping now that the election's over, I can like wean back off and Mm -hmm. onto things that are better for my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to think from, you know, from TV or movies. I saw last year, I think it was the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie that was in the theaters. Uh That was great. I mean, I guess it's like I knew about her, but I didn't really know her whole story. And just watching the movie, it was really awesome to see what she did for women. Yeah. Um, I was so moving. And then, you know, unfortunately to lose her this year, especially when we lost her was just really sad. So that, Mm. that movie definitely impacted me. Um, but other than that, you know, I've, I've been into really into escapism. Unfortunately, I'm a big Bravo. Nothing wrong with uh, that. Yeah. I read for, for all kinds of reasons and escapism is certainly way up there. So I, there, I I don't think you should discount that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't have it. It didn't have like some like big, you know, answer for you. It's just, that's all uh, good. That's all good. Is there anything on your nightstand right now that you're reading? Um, actually I just read, um, I can't see this. Is, oh, here, here's my Kindle. It's right here. Um, I read, I just read a book that I had, was like one of those things where it's like, here's recommended for you. And it's sort of one of those mysteries. It was called the best of friends. It's a, it's not a mystery so much as more of a kind of a thriller about, a group of women and their sons are all best friends. And then there's a terrible accident and what happens to the relationship. So that was those kinds of like, um, what's the one that ever gone girl, those types of, mm. I like those mm-hmm. reads. So uh-huh. this one was sort of that way. And it was, it, it was good. And it was hard for me to put down. So I was able to turn off some of the TV to read it. Um, but my father reads, um, he reads like four or five books a week. And yeah. Wow. And he loves um, Bachman. Have you read any like yeah. A Man Called Ove? I was just thinking of Bachman because uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the A Man Called Ova is is one of my favorite books. Um, and I've read quite a few of his books since. And I'm trying to think. Anxious of one. People. Is that the new one? Oh, Anxious- maybe. It's not the one I was trying to think of, though. The one I was trying to think of is this this one that's Beartown. We Beartown. Are- Something weird, bear to oh my goodness, that w- you might like that one because there is a little bit of mystery involved. I mean, it, it's re- it's a the the structure of the book is really cool. So yeah, check he, that. Yeah, one. so he raves about the author, and I he's given me a man called Ove, but I just haven't I just haven't read it yet. But so th- I I'm thinking I should probably veer off the uh, thriller stuff or try something else. <laughs> it, yeah. Ova is definitely going to take you off that course. Um, and I would say stick through it. Like he's a character that you might not think you're going to like in the beginning, but he's going to win you over. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say Good that. to I don't know. Any spoilers, but <laughs> okay. 
So, oh my goodness. Very cool. Is there anything you're excited about just coming up? Um, well, we're trying to figure out the holidays. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, I think it's just going to be myself and my parents, uh, for Thanksgiving. My sister, I think is going with her family to North Carolina to visit my brother-in-law's family. And then my, my brother lives in California. So unfortunately we usually do see them, uh, for Thanksgiving, but that's not going to happen this year. So it's going to be small. So we may go rogue and not have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, we may do something else. Uh, So that's exciting. And other than that, I just want to get 2020 behind us. (laughs) Yes. And and look forward to um, hopefully some, you know, good news on COVID and, um, and on the job front and all of that in 2021. Good luck. I'm wishing you all kinds of good luck. And I know you're on your way there anyway, because you're doing all the good things to to make that happen. It's, it's, it's going to, it's going to roll together for you for sure. Yeah. I feel Thank it. you. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to talk about it, especially since you're in the, be- you're in the midst of this process. And I feel like that takes a whole other level of uh, bravery to come on and talk about something when you're in the middle of a process like this. So I, I really appreciate it. Well, there you have it. If you want to know more about Deborah, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. And uh, yeah, you can just go to latebloomerliving.com slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 26. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And hey, you know, I don't know if you guys are signed up for my email or if you even knew that was a thing, but it is. You can sign up for email and you can get... uh, you know, weekly emails from me letting you know when the, when the new episode's out and any other little goodies that I decide to drop off. And speaking of goodies, I do have a new one. Um, whether you're new to the email list or not, uh, you can get a hold of this. It's called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. And I will have more information about that in the show notes for this show. So you just go to latebloomerliving.com slash podcast and then look for episode 26 and you can sign up there to get that okay um thank you again for listening being with me on this journey i love it i love you guys and uh yeah stay safe and uh well and talk soon